This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Late Boomers, our podcast guide to creating your third act with style, power, and impact. Hi, I'm Kathy Worthington. And I'm Mary Elkins. Join us as we bring you conversations with successful entrepreneurs, entertainers, and people with vision who are making a difference in the world. Everyone has a story, and we'll take you along for the ride on each interview, recounting the journey our guests have taken to get where they are, inspiring you to create your own path to success. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Kathy Worthington, and welcome to our latest episode of Late Boomers. We are excited to be recording today our 100th episode of Late Boomers. Woohoo! So help us celebrate. Yeah. Our guest today is Pamela Wilson, a coach for people in mid career who teaches how to build profitable online businesses. And I'm Mary Elkins. Happy 100th episode to us. If we were a TV show, we could go into syndication. Yeah. But but back to Pamela. Pamela Wilson is an online educator, three-time author, keynote speaker, and the founder of TheOfferAccelerator.com, which we're looking forward to learning about. Welcome to Late Boomers, Pamela. I am incredibly honored to be your 100th episode guest. I can't believe my luck. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to this. We surprised you. Yeah, we wanted to surprise you because it snuck up on us. I'm so so impressed. It, It just, it takes a lot to share your voice that consistently over time. So you have all my admiration. Thank you very much. And we want to ask you to tell tell us about your background and what led to your current current career path. Any mentors or moments that changed you? Oh boy, lots of moments that changed me. I um, started my own business in 1992, so I'm actually celebrating 30 years in business this year. Wow! And it was an eight. Yes, I know. It's been. A, I talked to some people who are younger than 30 now, and they, yeah. they always look at me like, "Oh, you've had a business longer than I've been on Earth," you know. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> it's Love wild. It. So. It was an agency, a marketing and design agency, completely offline. And I did that for a couple of decades, loved it, but got to the point that it did not feel challenging anymore. And I was ready for something new. And I also was feeling like I wanted to reach people wherever they were in the world and not necessarily in my geographic area. So I started looking into building an online business and what that would entail. And I moved everything online in 2010. I sort of ran both businesses concurrently for a few years, but at some point the online business started making more money than the offline business. And I started kind of dialing that back and and putting all my attention on the online business. And it has been such a journey, such a journey of learning and, and building courage and feeling more comfortable being the face of my business, which I never was before I didn't have to be for an offline business. So it's, it's been really, really the journey of a lifetime. I'm very grateful. Wow. What about mentors or moments that changed you? 
I think the biggest moment that changed me, I, I've had lots of mentors and nobody really, you know, stands out about above the others. And I, I don't like putting people above other people. So, but the moment, I will tell you the moment I had been doing a lot of publication design work, um, designing magazines and annual reports and a lot of print materials. Um, that were that had won awards. I was doing a good job, but at some point it hit me that the majority of the items that I had spent all of this creative time and effort helping to get produced and sending off to print were now in a landfill. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. I just realized yeah. like I am producing garbage. I'm getting paid very well to produce what ends up being garbage because oh. none of it was, I mean, there were no, you know, there were a couple of books, but there was nothing that was like a long lived print piece. It was mostly marketing materials that they uh -huh. served their purpose and then they stopped serving their purpose and they ended up in a landfill. So oh. that was what really got me thinking, like I, there has to be a way that I can do this work in a, in an environment where I'm not producing waste, where I can help people without having to put ink on paper. And that's mm. what got me thinking about online business. Yeah. Wonderful. I that's love that. That's important for the environment as well. So definitely, yes, it just seemed more efficient, a more efficient way to reach people. And I, of course, I was completely confused by it. So I had everything to learn, but it was exciting. It has been exciting. Yeah, it sounds like it. How do you teach people to create consistent quality online content that does generate revenue? Yes. So it's interesting because one of the things you hear the moment you step online and start trying to make a name for yourself online is you have to create content, social media content, blog content, podcast content like we're doing here. You're uh -huh. always told you've got to create content. And that was the biggest struggle for me at first because I was used to taking other people's content and making it look beautiful with my design work, but not really creating the, I wasn't doing any of the writing myself. If a client needed a writer, I would hire a writer and we would work on the project together. So this idea that I had to create my own content was very daunting for me. And one of the things that I realized after I worked on creating content for a while um, was that the best content had these elements that made it really good. And I bet that your podcast uses these elements. I bet it does. And the elements are basically a great title in a, on a blog post. It's a great headline, uh, a good first sentence, which, you know, when you all introduce your podcast, you're probably trying to share a first sentence that gets people hooked and wants to keep them listening. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have an introduction. We just did your introduction. Mm -hmm. Then you sort of have sections within the content. And this is what we're doing right now. Mar Mary, you just asked me a question. If this was a blog post, that would be like a subhead in the blog post. Mm -hmm. But by asking me that question, you have divided this content into a new section. And I'm now talking about something else, right? And then we have all of my replies are kind of like your main content. And then typically toward the end, there's some kind of summary. In a podcast, 
oftentimes the hosts will ask me, do you have any parting words or any parting advice that you want to give people? And so that's my opportunity to kind of sum up what I've talked about, right? And in a blog post, a really well-written piece of content, like a blog post or even a YouTube video, you do have some kind of summary at the end where you're sort of revisiting the concepts you've gone over. And then if it's content marketing, if it's just content, it may not have this, but if it is a piece of marketing and you want it to serve as a piece of marketing, then it has what's called a call to action where you're asking people to, in your, in your case, you're asking them to subscribe to the podcast or uh, leave a review or something like that. On YouTube, you would ask them to subscribe on a blog. You would ask them to leave a comment or subscribe to a lead magnet, something like that. When you have those elements inside a piece of content, it will work. And the more you can think about them as separate elements that you need to try to optimize as much as possible, the better your piece of content will be. And I'll tell you what, once I figured this out, I ended up writing a couple of books about this because it just felt like such powerful information. And I wanted to make sure the people who did not feel like writers would know how to use these concepts. So I wrote these two books, I call them the Master Content Series, Master Content Marketing and Master Content Strategy. And they're kind of built around these ideas. Does that make sense? It Absolutely. does, it's great. A and very that... long answer to your question, Mary. No, it's, it's a it's, great, great it's, answer. It's great. And, and you can actually generate revenue. You can see where the revenue comes from. Yes. So that piece that we talked about at the end that call to action that's where you can generate revenue because what you're doing is asking people to either stay connected to you in some way which might be joining an email list or subscribing to your content something like that or you can send them to something that leads to a purchase so that is where the revenue creation starts and this idea of just staying in front of people with helpful, useful, valuable content that establishes you as an authority and an expert, that is the other way that you're generating revenue with your content. Great answer. How do people decide what their new online business should be? I ask people to look at what their expertise has been throughout their lives. So I'm thinking that the audience we're speaking to here is people in the boomer age group, right? Um, or maybe a little younger, maybe a yeah, little we older, have right? interviewed a lot of much younger people. So but yeah, people in their our, 20s. Yeah, so our, our audience has started to vary based on okay. that. Okay. Depending on what nice. their followers Well, you're are. obviously doing a great, great job if that's happening. So, um, Typically, what I recommend is um, I mostly work with people who are, I, I say mid-career. So they are people who have some expertise that they've developed over some years, right? They're not typically in their 20s. They usually have been around the block a time or two, right? And they, they're good at what they do. So typically, that's what you want to build your business around is something, some expertise that you have already developed over your lifetime that you sort of want to share with the world, right? And then the next thing you want to do is really tap into what your personal values are so that whatever you come up with to offer people reflects those values and is is yours because 
I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with online is it's a very easy platform for you to compare yourself to other people. Because it's very easy to see your competition and see who else is out there trying to reach the same audience. And what happens is if you don't tap into your own personal values and make those a part of what you do, then your whatever you put together, your website or your offer or your content ends up looking like it got stamped out of a factory <laughs> that, you know, somebody, it just, it's very, you know, it's too similar to what's already out there. So you really need to like go inside and tap into your personal values and get in touch with those so that that combination of your personal values and the expertise that you've developed over a lifetime you put those two things together and you have something that's really unique to you. Mm, that sounds obviously very, to me, obviously very logical. Um, talking about revenue again, how can people charge premium prices for their online products or services? It, it's interesting because um, it's interesting that you ask that because it, it's one of the biggest problems that I see online is that I, I work with people who are very accomplished in other areas of their lives. Uh, oftentimes they have advanced degrees and they have had amazing career accomplishments. And for some reason they bring their expertise online and they start seeing these messages about how they need to package it up and sell it for $97, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of on a personal quest to help people, um, charge what they really should be charging for their hard earned expertise. And the way that you do that really, I, I mean, it's so cliche, but it really starts with you believing that your expertise is truly valuable. And then it's, it's kind of stepping back and saying, what makes my expertise unique? How can I imbue it with my values? How can I really deliver a transformation to the people that I want to help? And how can I add some extra zeros at the end of it so I'm getting paid enough for what I'm helping people with? So you have to become their psychologist too. A little bit. I mean, by the time people come to work with me, they usually are convinced themselves that this is what they want to do. Oftentimes they've tried, they've tried creating low priced offers and they tried selling them like at volume, right? And as you know, it's really difficult to sell anything at volume when you're first starting out because you have a teeny tiny audience. You have a teeny mm -hmm. tiny group of people that you can make this offer to. So I say like, let's let's just forget that stage and go straight to a, an offer that's more valuable, but you don't have to sell to that many people in order to make a really good living. Great. I love that advice. Yeah. And how can we get paid to develop a new online offer? How does that work? I, yeah. So I have a technique that I show people that is based. Are you familiar with the concept of um, lean software development by any chance? No. So well, tell our audience about it. Yeah. So lean software development, you may not be familiar with that phrase, but I bet you have experienced it before. What lean software development looks like is that you sign up for a piece of software. Sometimes they'll tell you it's their beta version or, mm. you know, they're just starting out. And oftentimes they'll, they'll allow you to sign up for a really low price. You become one of the first users of this piece of software, right? Mm -hmm. 
oftentimes it does the main thing it was meant to do, but it doesn't have the most beautiful, you know, user interface. It's not super polished, but it does what it needs to do. I mean, I know the two of you are on Instagram and I don't know if you were on Instagram in the very early days, but it was very clunky, right? I was kind of clunky. Yeah. So one of the things that software developers do is they just put it out there. They see how their users interact with the offer and then they adapt and they iterate and they evolve and make it better over time. But they're they're making it better over time based on direct feedback from the people that are using the product or the service. And that's what I teach people to do with their online offers to come up with an offer that is a reflection of their expertise and their values and to put it out there in a way that they can start helping people with the offer without all the bells and whistles and complicated tech that you, you know, oftentimes people are encouraged to layer onto their offer before they have ever tried to sell it. So I help people create kind of like a I call it a testable version of your offer. It's an offer that delivers the transformation that you're promising without the bells and whistles, right? And the idea is you put it out there and you sell it. So you're basically getting, I I say you get, you earn while you learn. So you are earning money while you learn what your customers need and what they want from the offer that you put in front of them. So that's that's how you can get paid to develop it. And that's also in exchange for the feedback and the people who log on to that offer, they know they have to give feedback. Exactly. And right. you know, there is a subset of the population that is very enthusiastic about participating with you in this way. If you are very transparent about it and you say, I'm you know, putting together this new offer and I'm looking for a group of people to work with me as my founding group of members or my charter members or something like that. And I'm gonna be asking you for feedback and I'm going to be improving the offer so that it really meets your needs. That actually gets people really excited. Uh, oftentimes that you know brings in a group of people who are very enthusiastic about giving you that kind of feedback. So that's why I recommend doing it that way, because your offer is going to be so much better if you work in conjunction with the people you're serving. What happens to us oftentimes as experts is that curse of knowledge thing that you've heard of, right? Where you're really good at what you do and you don't remember the questions you had when you were a beginner. You don't, those days are long gone and you don't remember any of that. So when you work with customers you get that feedback about Mm. you know maybe you present something to them and you're sure that this is exactly what they need and it goes right over their heads and they don't understand anything so it just allows you to ensure that what you're putting in front of people is actually going to work for them Mm. great i love it it's great just great well going from developing a new online offer create a premium online brand? I think the best thing that you can do to create a premium online brand is to wrap your head around the fact that it's not about the appearance of your brand. It's not about having the flashiest, most polished website or the most beautiful brand photos or any of that. It is really about being the best 
provider of a transformation to the people you want to serve. Someone signed up for my program today who just turned 70 years old. Mm-hmm. She has an amazing life story. She, I mean, it's just, my jaw was dropping when she was telling me about her life story. Um, she was one of the first women in the oil industry, like out in the field in Texas wow. in her lifetime, right? And now what she does is she provides like life and marriage counseling, and she has developed all of this intellectual property around how she does this, and she wants to put it into an offer. She has, she's like brought the goods, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be easy really because she clearly has the expertise and now what we need to do is figure out how we can package that up in a way that the people that she wants to help will recognize immediately that this is going to be transformational that it will be worth paying for that she is the one and only person they want to work for so that is really our marketing challenge at this point And then finding a way that we can test a small version of it so that she can get that feedback because so far she's been delivering it in person. Hmm. And so one of the reasons that she wants to create an online version of this is she wants the freedom to be able to travel around with her husband and kind of change her lifestyle. So that's what we're working on. I I can't, can you tell I'm excited? I can't. Uh, yeah, 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 that's really exciting. And what would you say is the best way to launch an online product or service? I think the best way to launch is what we just went over. So this idea okay. that you launch something in a small way, launch something and and see it as an experiment, both for you and the people you're going to serve so that you can get feedback and build excitement. The other thing that we haven't talked about that's really cool about launching offers this way is that your early charter members or your founding members tend to be super enthusiastic about the experience. So they give you these amazing testimonials. And so when you're ready to go back out there with your much improved offer that you have evolved and adapted and now you know polished up a little bit, now you also have these amazing testimonials. So that is how you really wanna put it out there. You put it out there, knowing, you know, and feeling very confident that what you have is really solving people's problems. And then having that social proof of testimonials that are just glowing and gushing about the the change that you made in their lives. Oh, mm. I love that. That's, that's really hits home. Now we've got to the point where I have to ask you about your offer accelerator program and what happens there. What is it? It, it, this is actually the program where we do this work that I've been talking about. It is, um, it's a really, I think it's a really cool program. I designed it so that when people come in, in the first 30 days, they come in with an inkling of what they want to create as an offer. And within those 30 days, I take them through a process so that by the end of the 30 days, they have their offer out there and they're selling it. And again, this is the testable version of their offer, right? But what I found is that people come in with a lot of enthusiasm in the beginning and you I just try to capture the lightning in a bottle and you know put that energy toward creating that test offer. The other thing that I see with people in our age group is 
we have experienced you know really polished and and well developed offers online and we have very high standards and so what will happen is people will come in saying i want to create an offer and they really struggle to create a testable version that is not polished because they're used to you know they have high standards they're used to things being polished and they want to achieve that level and they will you'll you'll get to that level but I recommend that you use this process to get there so that you know for sure you're building an offer on solid ground. So we go through that process in the first month and then the other five months after that, we're working on streamlining your marketing, we're working on optimizing your processes, getting additional feedback from your market, maybe evolving the offer itself, polishing it up a little bit. So that's we get the test version out there and then we're working on improving it over the next um, five months. And I have, I mean, at this point, 35 total years in the marketing world. So it's uh -huh. exciting in that phase because I get to really dig into people's marketing and the copy that they're using, the imagery, and we really make things shine. Sounds yeah. like you're very hands-on with the people. I yes, I love it. This is not one of those programs. I mean, I only bring in a few people a month and because this is not one of those programs where I'm like, yes, come into my program and then I disappear. No. <laughs> That's yeah. not it. I'm actually really in there working with people uh shoulder to shoulder to get this offer developed and I I mean I I love it. And that's why we, I only bring in a few people a month. That's that exciting sense. for you, too, because you feel like you have helped them develop something that may become very huge and and basically offer transformation to a lot of people. Yes, exactly. And we know that you are an author. You mentioned writing a couple of books. So tell us about your writing process and what was that like for you? It's interesting. Um, I wrote my first book when I was working for copyblogger.com, which is a, a company that was huge in the in the content marketing space when in the early years of my online business. And they actually hired me for a couple of years to help lead their that line of business, that copy blogger line of business. So um, I was running my own business. I was helping them run their business. And somehow I knew I wanted to write a book. So I was kind of stuck, right? And I happened to stumble across this book called The 12 Week Year. Have you heard of it? Say that one more time. I have it's not. called The 12 Week Year. Hmm. I have not. Uh, I think the author's name is Brian Moran. Don't quote me on that, though. It's 12, 12 Week Year. There's only one of them. Um, the whole premise of this book is he recommends that you map out a project, not over a year, but over 12 weeks. So each 12 week period, if it's a longer project, you basically treat each week as if it was a month and you break up your project so that you can get it done quickly. And so what I did is I looked into, okay, a nonfiction book. What is the typical word count of a nonfiction book? And it was like, 45 to 50,000 words. And I chopped up that number into 12 weeks. And every week I had a goal and I just set, like I woke up early on Tuesdays and Saturday afternoon, I would work on that book until I hit my word count. Good and that's for how you. I got it written. Yeah, I just, I mean, it was just like, there was something about 
that mathematical way of breaking down the goal into small parts that made it much easier. That is a great book. I've recommended it to lots of people. Yeah, it that's, sounds that's terrific. That's a great piece of advice for writers too, for a process yeah. like that, especially for nonfiction, where you yeah. know where it's got to go. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. when you're writing a novel, you have no idea how many words it's going to yeah, be, no. right, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, you do. You know how many how many words go into a normal novel, which is like about a hundred thousand, maybe a little more. But um, can you tell us a little bit more about your books? What they're about? My books are really designed for people who do not feel like they could ever possibly create online content. And they're made to um, really break down the process so it's easy for anyone to do. And I mean, I'm very proud that a lot of people have told me, especially the first book, the one that goes into detail about those seven essential content elements that I went over, a lot of people tell me that they keep it on their desk and they use it whenever they're creating a piece of content because there's a chapter on headlines, there is a whole chapter on first sentences, there's a chapter for the introduction. So I literally wrote a chapter about each of those seven elements. It's got headline templates in it and calls call to action examples and you know lots of just sort of um, really tangible advice for people who need a helping hand when they're creating online content. And I, it's, it has really been a journey to get those books out into the world and see how they've made their way. The last one was published in 2018, so it's been a while now, and they still, they still sell. And I still are they have on Amazon? Yes, they, they are. Amazon? They're on oh. Amazon. Yeah, both of them Fantastic. are on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. And they have, they come in audiobook. Um, audiobook form and Kindle. So they're, they're available in all the formats. Yeah. Um, I would think that uh, talking about the first sentence in the first paragraph of nonfiction books also applies to fiction. I don't know, to tell you the truth. Fiction <laughs> is a mystery to me. I love reading it, but I have no idea how to create fiction. And I have so much admiration for people who can write fiction. I don't really know if the, you'll have to let me know. Well, well, I know I, I know in going to um, a bookstore, those that are left, you can thumb through a book and that first line and the first paragraph is what what hooks you. Yes, I agree. Yes, you're right. I think about the fiction books I've read and you are the one thing I say in the books that I wrote is the the very beginning of any piece of content it, it's like a series of moments of decision so people see your headline and they decide whether or not they're going to listen to the podcast episode and they listen to the first sentence and they decide if they're going to keep listening and you just have to keep helping them to make those decisions and keep them engaged in your content and that's really the first third of your content is just you pulling them in and pulling them in and keeping them engaged. And it's, you know, I don't see people spending quite enough time and effort on those areas of, of content. And I think it's such a lost opportunity because you lose people's attention if you don't spend time on those areas. That's so true. So I know that one of your sayings is plan, create, grow, and rest. Can you talk about that and why it's important? 
I, yeah. So um, I think that when we build our online businesses, it's smart to think about them in stages. And I think the best way really to get that done is to treat those page stages as distinct and have distinct goals for them. So when you're planning, you're kind of behind the scenes, people aren't seeing what you're doing. And then at some point you have to open the curtain and let people see what you're working on. You may have like, for example, I know a lot of podcasters record podcast episodes in advance and they get maybe three or four loaded up and then they release their podcast. Right. And that moment of releasing your podcast or releasing, you know, publishing your website or publishing your YouTube first YouTube video, it's like, <laughs> It's very frightening, right? It's huge. But at some point you have to, you have to do it, right? And I I think that one of the things that can make us feel braver about this is when we realize that nobody's really watching at the very beginning and nobody's really listening <laughs> and nobody is really paying attention. It's very noisy out here on the internet. So yeah. people aren't paying that much attention and the most important thing that you can do is just put it out there and and get started. Mm. That's great. Um, I'm going to ask you what you would like our listeners to take away from our talk today. Uh, what I would love for people to remember is that when you do want to do something online, um, it's all it's all digital. It's all kind of ephemeral, right? And I, I come from this world where I was helping to create tangible printed objects. And what we're creating now is digital. What I always tell people who are building websites is digital ink is never dry. Mm. Put it out there. If you don't love it, you can take it down. You can change it. You can edit it. You can update it. That is one of the biggest benefits of building a business in the online space is that it's very easy to iterate. And when you embrace that fully, that's when you really start to make progress online and feel more courageous about the whole thing. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Our guest today on our 100th episode of Late Boomers has been Pamela Wilson, online business coach extraordinaire. Very much so. You can learn more about her on her website, PamelaWilson.com, and check her out on Pamela Wilson Coach on YouTube. Thank you so much, Pamela. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. And congratulations again on your 100th episode. Thank you. <laughs> and we want to encourage our listeners to follow us also on Instagram at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins and on our Late Boomers Instagram account. And drop us a line on our website, lateboomers.biz, B-I-Z, and tell us what what should we do to celebrate our 100 episodes? I'm thinking a vacation somewhere, Mary. Are you in? That sounds wonderful. And maybe a glass or two of champagne. Yeah. Thanks again, Pamela. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Late Boomers the podcast that is your guide to creating a third act with style, power, and impact. Please visit our website and get in touch with us at lateboomers.biz. 
you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Late Boomers, go to EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.